We have discussed Shmuel's instructions to Shul, and uh, Shmuel telling him what's going to happen to him in the future. And he tells him he's going to meet three groups of people. The first one, they don't greet him, they just tell him that the donkeys have been found. The second group are the ones carrying Korbanus, and they talk to him. It says that they're going to greet you, and they're going to give you some of the bread that they have. And the third group are the group of Nevi, and once again, it's inter- interesting that they don't greet him. But just by being in the company, so Shaul will get Rechel Kodesh Now we saw that the first explanation of what's going on is that as a king he has to be aware of how to deal with all the different parts of the population. And therefore he has to have had the experience of you know, all, all the different kinds of levels which make a Kodesh From the most materialistic people, are interested in donkeys to the Levine. And uh, therefore Shmuel introduced all of them. Shmuel introduces them to all of them. But there's another remedy here as well. And as we you know, there are three parts of a person. There's a part of a person which is his nefesh, which relates to physical things. The part of the person which is his ruach, which is really the person himself, his personality. And then there's a part of the person which is his neshama, which relates to Hashem. And the three groups of people which shall meet relate to these three different experiences with a person within themselves. They can have. There's the part of a person which deals with the physical things, and that's uh, which Shaul had to, so to speak, first people Shaul had to meet. And then you know the same thing that uh, when a person is a growth in Avodah Hashem, so the first part of themselves that they're going to have to struggle to overcome is the attraction to physical things which they have to work on. The second part of a person relates to the second group of people who were bringing the wine for the carbon and animals, that is something which is already trying to elevate uh, physical things and using them as carbonus. And then the third group of Anavi, that's the Nishana. And in that sense, as you said, a person always is at the level of his Ruh, which is the middle of those three levels, which is why if one of the groups had to greet him and communicate with him, with the middle group, that's what he could relate to. Okay, so that's what we're holding by in the prediction of what's going to happen to him. We're holding in cost of in Pasuk Zayin, and in Shmuel now stands up and he says, When all these things happen to you, then you should be able, then you'll be able to do whatever you feel is the right thing to do. Why? Because that's the sign that Hashem is with you. In other words, now you have the spirit of Hashem, so to speak, which is going to guide you. And imagine that you feel the confidence that what you do, you'll have the Shafi to do the right thing. And this is an important point. We know that there's a, it says by every Shafi, not just by a king, but even by the Shafi, that by the Heel of Rah Hashem, there's the Spirit of Hashem which guided him. And therefore, when the Shafi had to sometimes make decisions which could affect Ta Yisrael, how was he able to make such a decision? That he had the confidence that the Shafi was helping him make the right decision. And this brings us to a principle which is which is something which is often spoken about, but needs to be explained. Shukar. Uh, and that is, we know that every person has Bechir. That's axiomatic. But the side of it is that, that for a person, for themselves, they have Bechir in the sense that they can choose what they want to do. And normally, a Kodesh Baruch doesn't limit a person too much. A person can grow, a person can fall. They're, they're given free reign. Whereas when it comes to kings, then there's a lesson, when there's a lesson level of we call Leif Mulachim, the Sarim, the Adashim. And when it comes to kings, 
So then there's a different Tanhaga which Hashem uses, and that is Lev Rachim the story of Hashem, the heart of kings and ministers in the hands of Hashem, Hashem Yachvet Hashem. Where Hashem wants, He's going to direct him. And therefore, in a sense, the person, the Bechira of a king is much less limited, is much less open, it's much more limited, because the decision of a king affects the country. If that's the case, Hashem Yachvet Hashem goes to that. That somebody make decisions which is going to have a negative impact on so many other people. There's much more of a spirit of because the Torah guides the hearts of kings. Is that only in communal matters? A king, I mean, is a, in his capacity as a king, is uh, making decisions for the person and is surrounded by Hashem. I heard firsthand a very practical example of this. A number of years ago, there was an election here in Israel. Not the government elections, the municipal elections. And at the time, the Aaron Epstein was the of was So he directed uh, the firm Jews to vote for a certain candidate. And the uh, mayor says the candidate lost. And I ever thought, well, if you were so out, out, you know, outspoken uh, supporters of the other fellow, now this guy has become the mayor, so he's going to make life difficult for the firm Jews. Mm-hmm. So he's political rivals. So everyone ran back to her and said, what do we do now? You know, the enemy won. What's going to be? Mm-hmm. So Ryan said, so whatever, he, whatever he threatens he's going to do to the from Jews and his companion, don't worry about it. Now that he's in the position of being in charge, it's Lev Menachem Biyad Hashem. And if it's not to him to decide anymore how he's going to treat everybody, now that he's in a public office, Hashem decides. That's what Ryan said, and he actually was, in fact, proved him right. Even though the person chosen wasn't wasn't the candidate of the Frum Kehida at all, the Maestro, he was probably one of the best mayors they had. He managed to work very well with them. Again, I don't know if he particularly wanted to do that, but there's this principle of Lev Melachim And that's what Shmuel is telling Shal here as well, just in a more graphic sense. When you get to the stage where you've experienced Rech HaKodesh, then you should know what you do, that HaKodesh Baruch will be guiding you, and therefore... Now, after that, Shmuel ends with an instruction in Pastor Ches, which we're going to see is extremely significant later on. And he says, You will go in front of me to Gilgal and wait for me. Because I'm going to come after you to bring up the Korbanus, Vaidus and the Shamim. And therefore, you're going to wait for me seven days until I come. And then after that, I'll tell you what to do next. So Shmuel doesn't say when exactly this is going to happen. But he gave Shal an instruction that you'll go down to Gilgal and wait for me. And you have to wait seven days until I come to bring the Korbanus. And then I'll give you further instruction from there. Okay, that was the end of Shmuel's message to Shal. And so now they passed, and Shaul turns to leave Shmuel. And already now, and now, changes his heart to a different heart, like we now the heart of a king. And on that same day, on that same day, on that same day, this was early in the morning, as we saw. And then, as on the day after Shaul left, so he meets one after the next of these three groups of people. <coughs> and Shmuel's and the Shmuel's nevo is completely fulfilled. And now he just so the Navi jumps to tell us about the last stage. He doesn't tell us about the first two. And what the, was was nevo that Shmuel was telling Shmuel? Yes, 
Just so, wait for me, and, I'm not, and he wasn't going to tell him yet that it was all part of a Shemitah secret. Yes. That didn't, but that, we know that didn't happen right for years, right? Yeah, it wasn't years, it happened a bit later. But it wasn't meant to happen now. The first part of the Ravur was what's happening now, and you will become the king, and Hashem will change your heart. And after giving an instruction, next time is you're going to meet. Now, that was next time, really, that he was meant to. Um, well, he, in between, Shmuel introduced him as a king. But after the next time, he was meant to meet Shmuel on one on one, so to speak, of that time in Gilgal. And that was the time where, where Shell did it too early? And right, was, we went to see. Oh, wow. Okay. So now what happened is the last stage, we go straight there. Ve'evol Shama Givasa. He comes to the giver, which he said is Kirsiarim, where the Arnakhredish was. Ve'nei Chevo Nevi'im Nekrasai. And there was a group of Nevi'im, as Shmuel had predicted, coming towards him. Atitzach Averroch Elekim. And as Shal Shmuel said, it happened, the spirit of Hashem rested on him and he became a Navi too. Now, that was surprising. All the people who knew him before now see that he's joined the Navi and giving the birth. Therefore, people turned to him and said, What happened to the son of Kish? And Shal also become a Navi. And why was that unexpected? Why was that unexpected? And the answer is, becoming a Navi took time. It took a process. We saw there were groups of Navim, or B'nai Navim, people had to train to be Navi. They had to bring themselves to spiritual awareness, that's and just connect more to a spiritual thing. It wasn't something which happened overnight. It wasn't something which happened overnight. It took years of preparation until the person got to the level that he was a Navi. And that's what the Pasuk says, Everyone knew yesterday and two days ago was surprised. The transformation was much too quick. And therefore, it wasn't like he's been gone for a few years to learn how to be a Navi. Like we knew a few days ago, he wasn't anywhere near a Navi. And now suddenly he's giving the book. So how can it be that Shaul became a Navi? And therefore, that was the question. Bayan ish misham and now, so one of the people there who heard this question has surely come and love you. There were two questions. The first question was, Mazahar ben Kish, Agam Shal ben Avim. When the son of Kish was Shal, was Shal also a Navi. Now, what is the first question? The second question, I understand. Agam Shal ben Avim is Shal, we didn't see, has done the necessary preparation um, to become a Navi. Now, what's the first question? What happened to the son of Kish? What's his father going to do with it? So Kiyodah, and Gemara says, any Navi that, that, that uh, is given us his name and his father's name means they're both Navi. So for example, when it says, Deva Yermiyo ben Chokiyo, then it means Yermiyo is Navi, it means Chokiyo is also a Navi. But whenever we have the father of the Navi as part of the introduction of who he is, so it means his father is a Navi too. And we see that because sometimes when we're introduced to a Navi, it just tells us the name of the Navi. Sometimes it tells the name of the Novi's father too. And therefore, there's a Chazal that says that when it tells, when the first time we introduced the Novi, so and so, and so and so, Hanavi, really means they were both, they were both by, they're holding by being Novi. We don't always have recorded the Novi of the father of the Novi, but it doesn't make a difference. We know that we're Novi, whose Novi wasn't recorded. Okay, so that's the case. So then we understand the first question as well. And that is, well, Kish wasn't a Novi. So it wasn't like uh, Shaul came from a, a, a family of Naveen. So he said, well, the first question was, Mazahar ben Kish. What happened to 
as he broke ranks, he changed from what his father was. Uh, it wasn't the family minak to be living. And also, how did he get this so fast? We saw yesterday he wasn't anywhere near being a Navi. So Vayan, Ishmisham, one of those people, one of the group of the Navim answered and said, We have a Rami over him, and who is their father? In other words, there was a whole group of Navim there. So the question was, one second, Shaul's father wasn't a Navi, what happened to Shaul, what happened to how did his son change? So the answer was, all these people who is their father. In other words, not every Navi is a son, is a son of a Navi. Especially, right, especially in that door. Because you remember, that was the first door when the vote was widespread. And therefore, all the Nevi'im were the students of Shmuel. But that doesn't mean their fathers were Nevi'im, they were already older. And they were still older than them. That's not a question. Who was all, all of them who was, their, who, was, who was their father wasn't a Nevi'im. But Shmuel was their Rebbe, though? Shmuel was their Rebbe, yes. So, Komala Mitariki Uyodai. Yeah, but then Shmuel was Shal's Rebbe, too, now. And, and he was considered uh, Shal's protege, I mean, Shmuel's protege, for him. Now, but so therefore the first question got answered, but the second question remained the question. Okay, how is it a marshal? Therefore, became like a, a catchphrase. Agam shol benavi, and that is, uh, how did shol become a novi? It was a question of how did somebody uh, change so quickly? Somebody who didn't see, didn't see as having any connection to the suddenly becomes a novi. Now, the question was a question. No one thought of the answer. What is the answer? The is a process. The is a process. A person doesn't suddenly become a novice. A person has to be on the level of being a novice. So how did Shal become a novice? Because the question needs an answer. And this is the answer of what we said before. The fact that he became a king is because like Baruch Hu changed him. That's uh, Hashem changed him. And he made it, that brought him to a different place where he wouldn't have been necessarily on his own. And therefore, the Klai the, the didn't know the answer to the question because they didn't realize he'd become a king. But, the, but otherwise, they were right. A person can't on their own merit become a novice so quickly. But over here, the fact that he was chosen as a king gave him that force. Okay, so that was Shaul's Nebuah. didn't Shaul didn't remain a novice. It was that time the experience he had of Nebuah. And therefore, it says, is not with. And then after Shaul leaves the company of these other Nebuah, he stops giving the Nebuah. He comes to Bama. This was the, he was now by... Um, the Bama of Kirisi Arim, which is where the Arakodesh was, where the Kane for, can you answer that? Now, so when he's there, he meets his uncle. So the uncle of Shal, who meets him there, meets him and the servant, and he says to him, On the Rapha, where did you go? We went to look for the donkeys, and we couldn't find him. And so he went to the Nobi to ask him where the donkeys were. So Shaul's uncle says to him, Please tell me, what Shmuel say to you? So Shaul answers his uncle, and he says, He told us, that the donkeys had been found. And he didn't tell him about the fact that Shaul made him a king. Now, why, the, why does the Navi find necessary to tell us this uh, discussion? I mean, Shaul's uncle, and it's not repeating anything we didn't know before. It's just somebody who didn't know where he was, where did he go? And he repeats the story. I went to Shmuel, and he told me about the donkeys, and, and uh, he didn't tell me anything else. The other interesting question is, now the narrative comes back into the picture again. He says to him, um, he says to both of them, where did you go to? 
and Charles were their aunties. Which means that even though the Nair accompanied him the whole way, all his experiences happened to Shal not to the Nair. He didn't become a Navi just because he happened to be next to the group of the group of the Navi. He was just accompanying Shal. And therefore when the uncle meets them and like, he doesn't realize this transformation is just taking place, he dresses them both together, wherever you both be. Now, why is the Navi telling us that? So the simple reason could be to tell us Shal's a Navi. And even though he had been appointed to the king, he didn't tell anybody. Not even his family. He, he kept it to himself. And the Mashmalas says he didn't tell the Nair either. Was well, no, no one knew except for Shalom himself. Whereas he kept it hidden that he had been appointed as a king. But there's another Pirate as well, and that is also, we had just had a question. And that is Hagamish Shalom and Abim. There's a tremendous transformation which is taking place over here. Shalom wasn't a Navi before, and suddenly he's a Navi. And therefore the question couldn't just, it wasn't just maybe an innocent question like, where have you been? Right, he, he said, like, what happened to you on this journey? And therefore, Shal has to bring Shmuel into the picture. Shal could have just, otherwise he could have just said, we're talking about doctors, we didn't find him, we came back home again. But uh, something happened, something changed. So he says, yes, true, we went to Shmuel. And that's why the, the uncle suspects and says, what does Shmuel tell you? If Shmuel was just going to tell you the donkeys, and you wouldn't have become a novi from that. So, obviously he understood. There must have been something more that you got from Shmuel, but Shmuel didn't tell him what it was. All he told him about the fact is not. All Shmuel told him about was the donkeys. And he didn't say more than that. Halachikni. Halachikni. Uh, was, was he doing something wrong? No. Like, uh, he, the, the, the din is number one. A person isn't required uh, to share everything that they have or everything that they receive, just like I'm supposed to share everything with them. So just like if someone were to come up and ask you, um, how many seconds have you learned to trust? The like Gemara says, you don't have to tell them the You don't have to be Mishane when it comes to a question like that. The same thing, if a person, would, uh, in a case like this, if Shaul would get asked, uh, what, what, what other information does Shmuel tell you, he wasn't going to share it. But even without that, he didn't tell him this is all I heard. He just hit, that he told him a part of the answer. And then tell him the rest. And this was considered a mind of Shal. It was considered a mind of Shal that either he was, that uh, the fact that he was a king, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he wasn't going to be the one to, to tell everybody. And why did he have to be him, though? Sorry. Why did he have to be mechabed him? And the chayim misa of there. Oh, first of all, let's ask a good question. Let's ask one question first, and I'll come back to that in a moment. So the first question is. It, it, it wasn't necessary for Shah as a king to publicize himself. Was it necessary? An answer is not. An answer is not. If Hashem chose him as a king, so he wasn't. He didn't have to say publicize. I'm the king. And as we're going to see, Shmuel was given the job from Hashem to publicize that he's a king. That's the first. Point. Uh, the second point, and that is, if a person has been chosen as a king, but Lamais no one knows it yet, and they don't respect him properly, they have him being married to Malchus. Or they have on disrespect for the king, who's already been anointed as a king, but they never knew he was a king. So it's interesting that this later is going to be an argument between David and Melech and Abigail. What happened was David had been anointed as a king. Flashwell hadn't didn't realize that hadn't accepted him as a king, but David had already been anointed as a king. And then Novel, Hakarmili, had this insulted him and refused to listen to him. David. So David, yes, so David decided he's a married to Malchus, and he and his followers sharpened their swords to go and attack Nabal Akhani. 
and uh, Noah's wife, if you go and find out about it, and she says, forestalls the, the war, and she raises up to David, and the Gemara says, she tells him, what right did they kill not my husband? And David says, he's a married Malchus. And she said, no one knows you're a Melech. So even if Minashimam, you're a Melech, but you can't blame them for being a married Malchus if they didn't know you were the Melech. And David Melech tells her, the Pazak says, that's a Brucha out of Brucha time if you attack her, right? And if we decided not to attack Nova, a Carmelie, and that's the same thing over here. That if Shaul hadn't told him it was a Melech, so then there wouldn't be any Muriel the Malchus in, in, in being disrespectful to him. Okay, so that's the Shaul's middle that he didn't say anything. And then, obviously, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be the one to refer to him as a king. As the Pastor says next, Vayazek Shmuel Asa'am, Hashem by Mitzvah. Shmuel gathers everybody to Mitzvah. That was always the meeting place of where the Kodesh gathered. Vayamu B'nai Yisrael, Kayamar Hashem, Elokei Yisrael, Anoichi Eleisius Yisrael Mimitzrayim, Anor Tukhtashua Mimitzrayim, Ba'atel Zichem Yad Mimitzrayim, and I was going to save you from Mitzrayim, and we had quite a lot of us, so that was the Mitzrayim. I from Mitzrayim, but since then, all the other nations along the way, we have presence to Israel, Hashem says, I'm the one who saved you. V'atem ha'yeh ma'astem yisraelichem, asher hu m'shiyelachem, v'kore v'yisraelichem t'amzeichem. And again, Shmuel still gives them most of what they did wrong, and he says, you ma'astem, you, so to speak, rejected Hashem, who saved you from all your tzaris. V'atem ha'yeh ma'astem yisraelichem, and he told him he wanted a king. But I told therefore now stand attention, and I'm going to choose the king. And here also Shmuel didn't announce that Hashem had already told him who the king was, and not only that he already anointed him. Rather than we made it look like he's going to do a goro. And by the goro they're going to choose the king. And therefore Kaisa all line up in the Shvatim so that they can be divided into different groups. By Yaakov Shmuel as for Shrift Yisrael, then Shmuel sets up all the Shrift of Yisrael, and he takes the Gara, by Yilachot Shevet Yamin. And Shevet Yamin is the one chosen the Gara. So now Shevet Yamin, by Yaakov Shevet Yamin, he makes a lottery between the different families in Shevet Yamin, by Tilaket Mishpacha Samakri, and then out of that Mishpacha, he takes all the men, by Yilachot Shel Ben Kush, Ben Ben Kish, and now the one chosen to to by luxury to be the king of Shaul, as expected. But the interesting thing is by They went to look for him, they couldn't find him. So obviously like the Khalaf my dad has brought in Rashi, the girl wasn't on people. The girl was on names. So they must have had a box with all the names in and they took a name. They took a <coughs> with the people, then it couldn't be Shaul wasn't there, they chose him. So it wasn't that they chose all the people there, they chose they put everyone's name, all the men in that in that Mishpacha into into the lottery box and then run shopping. <coughs> so where was he? So then they ask Hashem and said, "Where is Shol? Did he come here?" Hashem, you know, He's hiding between the kaidim. The kaidim, uh, the way Rashi explains it, is the the clothing that everybody has when they come. Obviously, for coats, whatever the clothing was. Which uh, everyone put put uh, put uh, put in this, in some side room, and Shaul was hiding in that room too. In other words, Shaul knew in advance. So obviously, the girl was going to fall on him, and therefore, instead of being there to get the acclaim of being chosen as a king, he hid away and he had to get found. And what says by Yerutzu, they ran there. By Yikachum, Yishan, they took him from there. By Yisyatzi, and now they stood him up. This is the king. 
the elect. By Yigma Vikara, I'm a shift of man. There's a shoulder toilet, the shoulder is toilet in the rest of Israel. And Sandra, I can actually give him a natural kilo uh, presence, his natural height, height more than everybody else. I've been um, a little nervous that the king is like so bashful. And now the question is, Vishnu the, the first time around, we didn't want to tell anybody that he had been the king. We understand the Gemara says it's the middle of Sinai, so he didn't want to be show for himself. But now he knew Hashem was going to choose him. So why, why here wouldn't he be available? Why was there? He also he tried to run away from it. He had to get found. Oh, Shal, you got chosen. Also, it makes it look a bit strange because if why would he hide away if he didn't know he was already the king? If you're doing a lottery, you don't know who's going to win, so why do you run away from it? So the fact that Shoal was the only man not there, right? As Mashman, he already knew he was going to be the king, which is why he ran away from it. Otherwise, the chances are you're not going to get chosen if you didn't know. But there's no reason for him to hide. So that's the next time. We'll have to see what, what, what Shoal was trying to do by hiding. But uh, nevertheless, that was the sport in the Navi, that that was the, that was the way that Kai Shoal were introduced to the king. The king was absent and had to be found uh, hiding away. What the significance was, by the Shem was also. He didn't want people to have a 